Pull up a bar stool. I got a special, special show today. You know, it's been a while. I haven't had many guests on my show lately. That's probably by design. But a friend of mine, Andrew Foxwell, stopped by. And if you've heard any previous episodes with him on it, you know what to expect. We're going to geek out on Facebook ads. So, yeah, what are we going to talk about today? Good question. Uh, we're talking about the WhatsApp acquisition, what that means. We'll talk about... Uh, We'll go a little bit in the latest controversies regarding Facebook ads and how they don't work, blah, 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 and how you should be targeting, and all the beauty and the gold of Facebook ad reports. All right? So pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. John here from JohnLumer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where each week I invite a different friend to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. Today, you know, I've been going solo for a while, but welcoming back to the show, my good friend Andrew Foxwell. How's it going, Andrew? Hey, John. Going great. Thanks for having me on the podcast again. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a while. I but I haven't had many guests. Period. Um, the last one I had name drop. Name drop was Chris Brogan. But Ew. beyond that, like I, I, it's been. I think he's the only one so far in 2014. Otherwise, um, well, I'm honored. Yeah, good to have you back. I mean, it's always fun to geek out with you. Totally. Absolutely. Um, now, first of all, you know the rules. Well, what are you drinking? Uh, I just went up to the fridge and we had a uh, little Hogarten in there. So gonna do a little little white beer, enjoying that. What awesome. about you? I am working on now. This is like a name drop Pubcast Central. Uh, hopefully, I'm not embarrassing her by saying this, but Amy Porterfield, greatest gift someone's ever sent me, signed me up for a beer of the month club. Nice. Uh, so, Winter Ale, Pray for Snow, Ten, bar- ten Barrel Brewing Company. Uh, nice. I haven't even taken a sip yet, but it, I'm sure it's awesome. And uh, <laughs> so, cheers to you, first of all. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah, that's all right. It's good stuff. So, Andrew, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, Andrew, you were on the agency side handling uh, Facebook ads, big accounts for, for quite a while. You've since gone out on your own. I mean, like we started chatting before this all started uh, today in video chatting, and, and you're out in Florida. You had geckos on, on the tree behind you. I thought there was a huge bug that was about to attack you or something. But So you're, you're just living the good life right now, but um, taking on just starting your own business, right? Yeah, we uh, started Foxwell Digital in the uh, end of September. I actually had been running before that. My wife, Gracie, had been running it before that. Um, but uh, I hopped on and we uh, went out on the road, actually, and started traveling. Uh, a, we have been traveling for about six months around the United States. And as long as we have Wi-Fi, we don't really care where we are. We're total That's digital awesome. nomads. And uh, yeah, helping a lot of people with uh, with Facebook marketing along the way. It's it's a fantastic situation right now. That's the greatest thing ever. What's what's been your favorite spot so far? I mean, you really can't complain about being up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. You know, you can't complain about being in places like Portland and the coast of Oregon. And uh, but being down in Florida isn't too bad. Love Santa Fe as well. Beautiful, beautiful city. Um, so there's a lot of really, really cool places in the United States and we were really lucky to see a lot of them this year. So how long have you been doing that? 
traveling. We've been traveling for about six months. Right. How, um, how, how much more will you be doing? Oh, how long are we going to be doing? Yeah. Oh, we're going to be doing this, I think, for maybe another month or so. And then we're going to be uh, heading up to the great north of uh, Madison, Wisconsin, where we've decided that we that we want to uh, try to settle down again and okay. um, and kind of have our business be launched from there for, for the time being. But you have to wait for it to warm up first, huh? That's what we're doing. That's why we're hanging in Florida right now. Very in smart. no rush. <laughs> very smart, very smart. So plenty has happened uh, since the last time we chatted. And uh, I guess the biggest news within the last, I don't know, week was the big acquisition of WhatsApp. I mean, this is something that I haven't really commented on because honestly, I'm not, I won't consider myself a, mergers and acquisitions expert by any stretch of the imagination to say, wow, that is a great acquisition. That's, that's, it's undervalued and they're going to make X as a result and all that stuff. Seems pretty interesting. Uh, but well, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, I think the reason that Facebook bought WhatsApp makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, a lot of yes, yesterday, apparently Zuckerberg was, was quoted as saying that he thinks that it was a bargain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he said it was actually worth a lot more. Uh, his whole thing is talking about that it has a billion users. Right. You know, th- the reason that I think it's so important is because they're penetrate of the penetration of WhatsApp users in a lot of different countries. They're in places that pay- Facebook wants to grow, that they need to grow. Um, they don't necessarily have to integrate all those people onto Facebook or anything. They could run them like separate business units, you know, mm-hmm. like a like a big parent company that running other places, you know, and kind of having that be part of their network. But I think they, they want to grow. They know that they need to grow in places where um, networks like WhatsApp are getting bigger. And so if they can make a step or take a step and acquire that company, that's going to be something that's good for them because it's faster. It gives them access to those people immediately and the data and, and, uh, it grows the size of their audience, which is ultimately what they what they've been trying to do ever since they became a company. So it's a good move for them. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Like when it was first announced, anyone in the, in North America was like, "What? What's the nineteen billion for WhatsApp? I've never even heard of it." You know, a lot of people said that because I guess uh, in terms of texting, um, it's like seven percent of people in the U.S. I guess use it for texting purposes. But when you go into certain parts of Europe and in Asia in particular, I think you're looking at a pretty hefty percentage of people who are using it. Um, and that's, you know, where Facebook, because Facebook doesn't need to grow in the U.S., Canada anyway. It's pretty much tapped out. So, uh, it, yeah, it makes sense in that, in that respect. Now, what I'm not clear on is whether it's the integration of or how how does Facebook use it other than just having other users in it, but a completely different type of user um, in other parts of the world? I mean, what, what do they do with this? Well, I mean, I think it, there's a whole lot of things that they could do with it. Um, you know, I mean, one of them is we've seen things like Facebook Home as a, as a, as a way to sort of start to design phones and an operating system around phones that, that are more... Uh, user rich experiences i think that's one of them so they they could use it like you know they could enhance their messaging apps and they could use it as part of a suite of facebook of facebook products that 
you get the news, you communicate with your friends, and it's your your place where you live online. Mm. Um, you know, it's if you think about what they've done lately, which is like Facebook Home, they did Paper, they released that that app, you know, recently, all about you know acquiring news and reading stuff that's interesting. So, I think what they do is they would you know keep it as a messaging app, obviously, and since it lives in a space that's not dependent on SMS, so it's not dependent on the short messaging service cellular network tower, it's dependent on data. It can become immediately a more rich experience. Um, what it looks like down the road, who knows? Yeah. But the people that are interacting on it and the way that they're interacting is already a rich media piece. Um, and it looks like that. And so if they can plug some of their Facebook stuff into, you know, into that, it makes, it's a no brainer for them. So for, do you have WhatsApp? Have you ever used it? I, I haven't. Uh, I, I've read a lot about it uh, and I've, you know, seen it in action, but I actually is not, I'm not one of the people that's downloaded it. Maybe I should. Yeah, I, I've installed it. I've never used it, though. Um, and so for anyone who's not clear, on what, I mean, this is basically free texting, right? That's essentially what it is. There, is there any difference other than not, you know, not being on uh, connected to a cellular network? What, what, what's the difference otherwise? It's just it's as far as I understand, it's just for it's just sort of That's enhanced it's enhanced texting. So the way that we think about texting now, you know, sending photos and videos separately along with messages, it's an enhanced piece. So I think if you mention a certain location, it can bring that up yeah. automatically or that kind of thing. So and they've been pretty clear that it changes nothing because I know a lot of people were like, oh, here come the ads, which I don't even understand. How how would you add ads to to that? Other than like little banner ads, which would be stupid, um, uh, but I mean, there's already money being made by WhatsApp, which I think is valuable to Facebook because it's uh, was it free for the first year, and then I guess once you're hooked, then it's ninety nine cents, just a simple ninety nine cents, right? Something like that. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I guess the other thing is, I mean, they, they've said it's going to remain separate, but wouldn't it make sense to integrate that and Facebook Messenger? I think it would make a lot of sense. You know, I think what I would guess is they're putting a lot of thought around that um, and how they want to integrate those two things. You know, Facebook Messenger is used in, in different demographics differently. Um, and, the, you know, I read a thing, I don't know, a couple months ago that uh, Facebook Messenger is, is used a lot by uh, teenagers. That's, mm. a, that's a place where they're still engaged. Teenagers are not on Facebook. What are you talking about? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and uh, so there's there's ways that they can integrate it that way. I mean, in terms of if we think about it as advertisers, because that's what we know and that's how that's those are the types of things that are familiar to us. But if you think about the things as advertisers that would be valuable to us in terms of developing a more complete picture around the world of more audiences, we think about things like lookalike audiences, right? Or we think about things like partner categories or whatever. So if if you think about mobile being a, a successful part of Facebook's business and their ad business. And then you think about the combination of an audience that they know what sort of some of the contents of what they're texting, you know, the things that they're talking about, the things that they're sending each other, all that's going to do is make the mobile ad experience and the user ad, you know, the user ad information that's available to us as advertisers more rich and more complete, True. Um, which is, which is ultimately a good thing. Uh, because it'll give us as advertisers more options to to go for on mobile and you know more targeting that's around user behavior and that type of thing. Now, now what 
what you describe makes perfect sense to me, but also the way you describe it, I know, freaks people out, and then you got people protesting and all that stuff. Facebook shouldn't be reading my emails and all this crap, right? Um, that, so that's always an interesting conversation, I think, because first of all, you're using WhatsApp, you're using Facebook, so to, to assume that they're just going to lock away this content and never call it in any way and use it, like that just seems kind of silly to me. But it's not like there's a, a person, which I think is the the confusion here, that right. people think that there's actually a, a representative from Facebook going through and reading their text and say, oh, right. they just mentioned the Milwaukee Brewers. Of course they did. Everybody is. I'm going to generate an ad to them on Facebook now. And then I'm freaked out when I see it. No, it's not anything like that. It's, there aren't people looking at it. It's it's just going sorting through keywords and all that stuff. So then you get relevant advertising. So the advertising actually makes sense. Same kind of thing that Google's doing, I guess, right? Yeah, it's. It, I think that the the way that Facebook approaches this, and I totally understand why it freaks people out. But the way that they approach it is that they approach it from the position of what they do now with look like audiences. You load your list in of your emails. It matches them together via the hashing process and securely. Yep. And then it says, here's your data cluster. I never know the names of those people. Right. I don't know what they're, you know, I don't know anything about them. I just know that it's an audience that's, that that's the audience that they found on Facebook. And then in terms of look like audience, I don't know what, I, I don't know those people's names. I know that they look like the audience that I loaded in, but it's, you know, I don't need to know that. I know that it's effective. That, and that's what I need to know. And I think in this case, they're they're going to be looking and looking at you know certain things that you're doing, but it's all anonymized. They don't they don't want to know your name. They don't want to read your exact message or whatever. Yeah, you know it's it's it shouldn't freak people out too much because they care about that a lot. I think they do care about privacy a lot, regardless of what a lot of people think. Right. I mean, and not only does do people not from Facebook not actually look at this your texts and whatnot. I don't know why they would, but I think the Mis misperception by a lot of people is that advertisers have this data that like you're saying we don't we're just saying target people who do this and facebook does for us and we never know who that was um so good now shif shifting gears a little but I, I actually was planning to go a different direction but since you're talking about ads targeting i think this leads really nicely into two topics first of all all this crazy talk recently that I've covered quite a bit, but so I don't want to talk a whole lot about it, but about how Facebook ads supposedly don't work, Facebook fraud. But I guess there's a whole nother article that I just refuse to read over the weekend because I'm just like, it just exhausts me even thinking about opening the link. I guess there's one on Business Insider about a guy apparently somehow threw $600,000 away on Facebook ads, which I don't even understand how that happens. Like how... Did you read that? Did you hear about that article? Read it first of yeah, all. Yeah, I did. I, I, I perused it, yeah, actually. I, I didn't even peruse because I just don't even understand how that happens. It's like, do we not test things to see that there's value in what we're doing beyond like a silly page like or something? Do we see, try to determine whether or not there's positive ROI before we shell out $600,000 or whatever it is? <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand. And the same thing was true of... Uh, Veritasium, where like oh, and we did the same thing. Like they're, they're almost proud of it. Like look at this, we're we're showing how how bad Facebook is. Well, they're really showing how horrible they are at advertising, because they're like look, seventy five percent of our fans are from these uh, click farm countries. Like 
and they had 80,000 fans from those countries. Right. Like, how did you not figure out earlier before shelling out all that money that you were throwing your flushing your money down the toilet? That's what I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I think my philosophy on Facebook ads has always been that you get out of it what you put into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my father-in-law famously says, if you want to be taken serious, act serious. Yep. And it's the same type of thing. You know, if you want if you want to do it and you want to do it right, you can. And there's plenty of resources like you and me and specifically your fantastic site full of amazing resources for people that can help them understand the fundamentals that they need to set up get ads going the right way, the things they need to be looking at. And, you know, if down the road a month, even after they start, it doesn't work, then that's okay. At least they know that they tried it and they know that it, it, they tried everything that could be available. So, you know, there's, there's, I think there's going to be plenty more stories like this, um, as there, as there were when, you know, Google AdWords was getting more popular and that type of thing. You, Facebook is a place that's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, the it's the number one visited site online, probably, I mean, I think outside of Google. Yeah. And so people aren't going to stop going there. And we as advertisers are going to, we're going to want to keep going there. But in order to do it right, you have to take a step back. You have to slow down. You have to plan it out. You have to be very calculated in what you're doing. And you're not going to be able to hit hit the boost post button and do something magically overnight. Yeah, th- th- and, that, that's what know. kills me too. Is that sorry to interrupt, but like no, pe- people, the novice marketer and people who aren't even marketers, but they have a Facebook page and they have a business. They first of all complain that Facebook advertising is too complicated. Then Facebook generates a easy button for them, and then they complain that that shortcut doesn't work. The, the way that they expected it to, and they blame Facebook. It's like, and I think Jeff Ferguson of Fang Digital had, yeah, like I, I tried to have a, a really objective response to this thing and trying not to rant about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went the completely other direction, uh, the way I wanted to go, and probably the way I go on my podcast and stuff. But he just went, he went off on them about how, you know what, people... It, there are people whose per, sole profession is is advertising and running Facebook ads and doing it right. Um, and it, it, if you're not going to pay those people to do it and you're going to do it yourself and not investigate how to do it well, you should expect the poor results you get is essentially what he said. Yeah. And that's not Facebook's fault. That's, that's your fault for take, for clicking the easy button and expect it to, to get you the greatest results possible. You know what I mean? You, you can get some results with the easy button. Don't get me wrong. But if your entire strategy is on the easy button, good luck. Yeah. And it's it's uh, and I think he's right to say that there's people's entire career that revolve around this. I mean, it's not like you and I would call up the TV station and say, hey, I want to put on an ad. I want to put an ad on TV. You know, but and here, you know, here's my VHS or whatever. I mean, it's like basically you know vhs is like a super old school example <laughs> on purpose but what i'm saying is is there's it's it requires time and energy and um and there are people that are really busy that are small business owners that are that are busy and they they don't have the time to dedicate to it yep. and they don't have the time to to you know sort of build it in a sustainable manner and if you don't that's okay you know what at that point that's when you call people like us and say or use free resources that are online and, you know, kind of have somebody set you on a better path 
Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay to know that. It's only going to continue to get more complicated. And in turn, by getting more complicated in Facebook advertising, it's actually getting more successful or it's making itself more successful. Yeah. Um, so there's always people that are there to help you translate what a lot of it means. And if, if, you get a, if you're a person that gets frustrated quickly, take a deep breath, search some of the problems you're having online, search to decipher what it might mean. Um, and I think you'll find that if you put time and energy into it, you, you'll start to see that pretty good things can happen. Exactly. And I mean, the way I look at it, Facebook didn't necessarily create the boost post button and that promote page thing, whatever, then admin panel, to, so that you would rely on that for your advertising. It's basically like the gateway, gateway drug to help you see what you can do with Facebook ads. So then, then you experiment more and more and more and, and understand really what you can do with it. Um, so yeah, if you spend... 10 bucks, 50 bucks on a promoted, on a boosted post, fine. But that doesn't mean that every day spend $100 boosting posts and then, because you're not going to get the best results out of that. Um, but so, so really where this leads me is there's some, there's so many great ways these days to target. And if you're not using them, you're missing out. And there's really no excuse now, especially if you're investing $600,000. Right. Like, number one, you can target your current fans assuming you built them properly. N number two, you can target your email list, people who are used to seeing you every day uh, in, their e in their inbox. But yep. I think the biggest one, which I know we both talked about that I am most excited about, I, like, I, I've never been so excited about. Uh, hold on. Uh, we could continue. You probably hear my, my son in the background. That's fine. Uh, just got home from kindergarten. But I've never been so excited about a feature like I am about website custom audiences. And it's like, so before we were targeting Facebook. So let's let's assume you had, like, let's, let's use my page as an example. I, had, I have 40,000 fans right now. And I have 17,000 email subscribers. So when we consider the crossover there somewhere in the neighborhood of probably 50,000 unique people that who are highly relevant that I can target with ads beyond that before website custom audiences, I was going to be relying on things like interest targeting and lookalike audiences. So if I wanted to grow, if I wanted to reach people beyond that, that core 50,000, um, it started to get a little bit iffier in terms of the quality of the, the people that I was targeting because they, a lot of times they never heard of me. I just had to, and I had to rely on the quality of some of these other audiences. Like I would target, you know, people related in some way to Social Media Examiner, Mari Smith, Amy Porterfield, etc. But it doesn't, you know, you never know what you're going to get there. It's a mixed bag. But now, I've created a website custom audience, or a whole bunch of them actually, like 80 of them. But one of them, for like the last 30 days duration, has 120,000 people on it. Nice. So 120,000 people who I can target on Facebook who visit my website over the last 30 days. So clearly, it's at least 60,000 new people who are, are not Facebook fans or are not subscribed to my newsletter who are familiar with me and my content. That is powerful, man. It's very powerful. I mean, I, I have a client I just started uh, doing website custom audiences with. We let it build up for 
about a week and uh, they're getting four cent per page like right now. That's so, ridiculous. Off of people that have visited their site but don't already like the page. I mean, the cool thing to me about custom, or excuse me, about website custom audiences is that you can, it's within the platform itself and then you can layer other things oh, in yeah. that you already have. So it's, it's so awesome to be able to combine website custom audiences with custom audiences and lookalike audiences and you know all the different variations you can go with there. Um, it's a really, really effective model to use and I, I'm so happy that they have it. Yeah, I mean, and FBX was pretty cool, uh, but it's just so much better than FBX. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing things I could never have done with FBX. Like, I'm, first, first of all, it's, the ease of use is huge. And the fact that I can now do it within Power Editor and it's come out with all my other ads and it's all in one place, um, that, that's huge. But I'm, I'm running page-like ads to people who visit myself within the last – myself visit my site within the last 24 hours. I mean, that – so it's top of mind when they come, come, to, come to my page after visiting my website. Like, I create a page uh, – an ad specifically for this where it says, you've read my blog – I like my page to stay stay on top of this stuff, right? That's yep. crazy. And they're like, "Whoa, how did he create that?" <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so there's there's power there. And then same, I do the same thing with my one on one. It's like, I, I cre- you see this ad because I'm using website custom audiences. Sign up for my one on one service. So I can show you how. That's crazy. Like, like and um, but but then you look at you know products. I could target people who visit landing pages and then then buy, and all that's now dynamic as opposed to just using those custom audiences where you had to upload them all the time. I mean, I could go on and on about this. It's just if you're not using this stuff and you're only doing interest targeting, you deserve the results you get. It's just well, website custom audiences um, to me also opens up placements and you know various areas for placements. So, I mean, you can. I think before with um, with retargeting and FBX, you could correct me if I'm wrong here, but I only think you could do newsfeed um, and you could do right hand side. Right. But now I think you can do any ad unit. You yeah, you want can do anything with a website custom. Well, audience. well, and also you know with so, FBX, obviously FBX was only a domain ad, so it wasn't at all related to your page. Right. Or, true. Or post That's or, another good point. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's so I. Every day now when I promote, whether it's uh, promoting my page for a like or driving traffic, I mean, I create all these variations now that like, okay, so I'll target my fans, I'll target my email subscribers who aren't fans, I'll target my website custom audiences who aren't fans or aren't email subscribers, but I also always make sure to then do these exclusions, right? Oh, you've already read this blog post? I don't need to target you. I don't need to waste my money on you. Because you've already read that blog post. I mean, that's that's just amazing. Yeah, it's it can become really. I mean, it's really really effective. And I think even if people use it at a at a really basic level, let's say you just target people that have been to your site yeah. that don't already like you. I mean, even at that, if you're getting anything under under you know a dollar, you know, I'm the highest most expensive ones I have now are around thirty cents from website custom that's audiences. Awesome. And so that's just that's that shows. The biggest thing that that shows to me, website custom audience, it shows to me is that Facebook continues to make improvements to their ad platform that shows that they understand the way that we want to use it. Right. And I think this is a fundamental difference between what happened before 
which was you didn't really necessarily always feel like Facebook understood the way that you wanted to use your their, their platform. And, uh, you know, now they get it. And that that's a really, really good thing. Yeah, really what I love most about this is the way it all now feeds on top of one one another, right? So if they visit your website, you can then target them on Facebook, promote your posts to them because they've read read your stuff before on Facebook, drive them back to your website. It's like this constant cycle and then it's like a, a another uh it's like the missing piece of a funnel to get them in to buy your stuff. Where it's like you're completely missing them before because they hadn't liked your page or they hadn't subscribed. And they're outside of that funnel. Now they're back back in. It's just, I mean, I feel like uh, like a proud parent or something um, going on and on about it. But there's just so many possibilities. It's, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, and also understanding that the, the you can benefit more the more traffic you have. Uh, because, you know, like for me, and, you know, I, I have a modest amount of traffic. Um but I can I can create these one day durations and three day durations, um, whereas you know a lot of uh, websites out there they'll probably need to go to like the thirty day, which is still relevant and cool. But there's just uh, there's so many possibilities out there. Cheers. Um, now shifting a little bit more now. So we're talking about measurement, um, and we're talking about you know Facebook ads that work. This brings up a really good topic I think because. Every, I feel like every single one-on-one session I have, which I'm doing like 10 a week these days, uh, I end up we end up talking about this for like 15 minutes because not enough marketers know about it. And it's the greatest, one of the greatest things in the world, I guess, other than website custom audiences, <laughs> um, is the Facebook ad reports. Like we, we always go through and we step step through like, okay, let's create one. Let's create a saved one so you can go access it later. Like no one... Need, I, and I work with a lot of advanced people who don't even know this ex- exists. Yeah. It's such a good feature. Facebook ad reports to me is in terms of what it offers, you know, you go in there, you're able to customize the things you want to look at, cost per website conversion, you're able to look at the frequency, you're able to look at all these other things that allow you to take control. And then if you like, uh, you know, really having control of your data, like I do, I like exporting that mm-hmm. um, and putting it into Excel and then starting to manipulate it from there, because then I can really look at the ad level, what messaging is working, what's converting on what day of the week. You can really, really start to dive in, and in 10 minutes, you can find out exactly what days work, what days you're converting, what the message is is that's converting on certain days, et cetera, et cetera. That's crazy. Yeah, see, I don't even go that deep, Um, so we should talk about that. But... um, uh, yeah, I, what what people don't understand is that with those reports, because Facebook gives you some basic information, right? Which is which tends to be pretty valuable. They will tell you, especially if you're optimizing for a conversion or a website click, they'll tell you how many website clicks you got or conversions you got and the cost per website conversion or website click or page like or whatever it is for that ad for that campaign. That's all valuable, you know, out of the box information that they give you. Uh, within the ads manager, but the Facebook ad reports, you can break that down even more. And people don't know this. It's like there's so many people who are still split testing by placement, by age or country and gen- all this stuff. And you really don't have to. Like you create one ad if you go into Facebook ad reports, edit columns, break down what is my cost per conversion, 
based on placement. I mean, that's that's the one where I find the most value. Like when you start breaking down, Absolutely. I, I hear so many, and actually I just had a one-on-one this morning where she was like, uh, you know, we, we, we're probably, I think we're just going to focus on newsfeed because we really don't get any results out of sidebar. I was like, you don't, do you? Well, let's find out. <laughs> so we ran these Facebook ad reports, which she hadn't used before and broke it down by placement. And it turns out cost per, because they weren't using conversion tracking, first of all, but cost per website click was a, like for one of these particular campaigns was a dollar for mobile and like five, 10, 15 cents for sidebar. Um, and most, most people don't even think to break it down that way. And you can, um, well, but that, all, but, the, I, but the, I guess the, the beauty of it is if you're using conversion tracking, because that's where like Google analytics doesn't help you. Google analytics isn't going to tell you based on placement, based on age group, based on all this stuff, what your cost per conversion is, but these reports do. Yeah. I mean, I think the, there's, there's a couple of things. One is if you look at that, the placement, you know, and you start breaking it out by that and you notice a difference, then you should be splitting your campaigns based on that placement. Um, because your, your ads will then show more effectively and more evenly. I mean, an example of this is let's say you had a, an ad targeted to the right hand side and you had an ad targeted to the mobile newsfeed when you excluded desktop. Um, and you had those both had those ads in the same campaign. Well, if the if the campaign has fifteen to twenty dollars per day, let's say, mm-hmm. then your your naturally Facebook's going to look at that and say, well, I can show the right hand side one a lot, so I'm going to do that. That's going to be a less of a priority, and I'm going to show the mobile newsfeed one. Whereas if you split those out, then they're going it's going to show them both more evenly, and you might be able to actually capture more conversions. Hmm because you're able to take more advantage of the amount of times that it's showing the right-hand side, and you're taking advantage of the fact that it's a little bit more expensive to go to the newsfeed, but you're showing it more because it's not competing with another placement. Right. So you can get in there and you can start to make these determinations. You know, Sidebar, they've had a huge renaissance on Sidebar, and they've put them in photo placements now. They've really, really upped it if you you enlarge a photo. Mm -hmm. If you play an app, there's a ton of Sidebar ads there. You know, there's a renaissance on these things and people don't really know. But if you aren't doing sidebar, I would reintroduce those to your campaigns. Yeah. And I know for a long time we trash them, but they're they're pretty effective. Right. And and I think the key here when we say effective is that we're looking at the right stats. Like if you want to talk about click through rate, yeah, sidebar is awful, but the CPM is so low. It's like uh, and uh, you were, you were telling me what you were seeing. Um, I know what I saw several months ago when I did a study that mobile was 50 times the CPM of sidebar. So that just means that as long as sidebars, I'm not a math major, but 150th of this, the click through rate, right? Does that make sense? It's, it's even. Um, and in most cases I keep finding that it's better than that, which means it's more efficient, um, in the long run. Right. Well, optimized CPM pricing and the example I was telling you if for one of my clients is uh, is $4 for mobile newsfeed, optimized CPM mobile newsfeed. And uh, the optimized CPM right hand side is 14 cents. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's I mean, it's for 14 cents to show your ad to a thousand people. You can't you can I bet you you can really not do that almost anywhere else on the Internet. Yeah. You can you can probably do that in some some areas of display advertising. Yeah. But if you have a message and you're even a small business and you only want to do right hand side and you don't have a lot of money, 
I mean, I don't even I don't know a better place that you don't that you can spend fourteen cents and show it to a thousand people. And actually, the study I did sidebar was seven cents, and yeah. uh, and desktop <laughs> news feed was two dollars. And um, again, I'm thinking about the math here. Uh, and, and mobile must have been maybe it was eight cents, and then mobile was four dollars, I think. Um, so it ended up being fifty times. But yeah, regardless, that just shows. But so many people though are stuck on what is my click through rate, you know, and, and they only look at that. How many clicks did I get? And they only look at that as opposed to well, what was the cost per your whatever desired action? Right, exactly. So yeah, it may look pedestrian on the surface, but that's why you use those ad reports to break it down. And that doesn't mean well. And, and to be clear, sometimes that means you still let mobile run. Um, it just kind of depends on, like what you're looking at and you know, how much more expensive it is. The thing is sidebar, the the existence of that sidebar, you can't just live only on sidebar. I don't think either. No, I don't think so. It's all part of the mix. Though, yeah. You know? Cause I think and, the sidebar makes the newsfeed and mobile more effective and, and vice versa. Um, because a lot of people don't, you know, aren't going to click on sidebar, but if you don't have those running over there, um, I, I think it takes away from the impact you can make a newsfeed. Cause you, if people don't know, you're not capped on frequency on the sidebar, or if there is a cap, it's pretty high, because you can just be fouled around all over the place on the sidebar if the if you're bid high enough or you use optimized CPM. Newsfeed though, it's just once per day, right? Uh, well, newsfeed, I, you know, there's I haven't experienced any major caps on that, but I I've heard that there's if yours is getting capped at once per day, mine's not. A lot of mine are capping out at once per day right now. Yeah, I mean, if if, if you're not seeing that, I mean, that's. I mean that's what I've seen for quite some time, but, um, and, but in general, I mean if if you have any frequency issues, it's because of the sidebar. I mean, yeah, you know. absolutely. I mean the frequency, you know, is is really interesting if you look at frequency over seven days and you look at um, you or seven or however many days you want to go back, and you can look at actually the best converting campaigns. The thing that I like to do is look at the best converting campaigns based on the cost per website conversion. And then you're able to look at um, the campaigns and the frequency of those campaigns. So you can say, okay, well, it looks like I basically have to show an ad three times to people in order for them to, to convert, right? So then you can start to kind of make, you can make uh, determinations around, looks like we have to show it at least three to four times, and then they're going to actually make a purchase or whatever. Um, so frequency is a number that, People don't follow very often, but if you talk to anybody at Facebook and if you're an account, you know, if you're a really, really big account and you have an account manager, that's one of the first things they'll, they'll tell you is they'll say, have you looked at the frequency and what's that number right now? Yeah. Uh, and the, their newsfeed number, I think, is something like three to five is don't get over three to five. Is that what you've heard as well? Well, I've heard it because I heard it from you in the past. Okay. But um, in general, I mean, my, my feeling is that's a rule of thumb. If, it, if it's still converting, I don't really care what the frequency is. Um, but that said, I also use a rule, rule of thumb as, in terms of if something isn't working, are we approaching at least that frequency? If it's still really low, that you may want to run it a little bit longer to right, see if exactly. it's really working, basically. You know that you have room to run, yeah. in a sense, if it's low, which is, which is a really nice place to be because then you know that you, if you've been getting conversions and your frequencies are low, that means that if you crank it up, hopefully they'll scale along with you. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up uh, frequency as an important um, metric because 
I, I really need, I haven't written about the Facebook ad reports in some time, but I think I, that needs to happen this week. So hopefully I, I, I write something by the time this comes out. But um, when I create a saved ad report, it's really, it's extremely basic. And you tell me if you add anything else. The only columns I have are frequency, spend, whatever the action is you're looking for, and the cost per action. Is there anything else that you add to that? Yeah, the, the ones that that I look at um, that are particularly interesting, I can pull up one here that I look at frequently. I look at reach, frequency, spend, clicks, CPC, um, the number of page likes, just because that's always interesting well, yeah, that's, to see. That's, that's, again, the action, though, right? Yeah, but no, the action is actually website conversions. Oh, okay. But I like to look at the number of people that the number of free page likes I'm getting basically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, then looking at the cost per page, like, and seeing, you know, which ones are actually also bringing me some free page likes and then yeah. the website conversions. Yeah, so sense. it's fun for, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, people don't realize that one of the most popular actions that people take, there's, there's two that aren't talked about very often is in the newsfeed, people click on that title of the ad, right? So they're mm-hmm. going to go back to your Facebook page which makes a case for why you should have some decent content on the Facebook right. page. Some people don't want to click off site and they're going to click on that title. And actually what I've been seeing with a lot of clients recently, um, and I've talked to a number of people that are seeing this as well is longer ads, ads that don't look as that aren't as direct response focused that are sort of a little bit, you know, more wordy yeah. and they have, they feature that see more button. Those actually work fairly well. And people like to read those messages. Um, there was, you know, an example of a uh, box subscription company that had a really, really long, um, they had, there was a New York Times piece on the company and they have a really, really long ad that, that's particularly well known. And it's a description basically of what their box does for this, for the person. And so instead of, you know, they made the bet that instead of telling people about it on their website, that they would also tell them about it in their ad. And they found that that's their best converting ad. It holds a lot of text. Um, so mm-hmm. it's another interesting thing to kind of look at around co- composing your ads when you start looking at the reports, you know, which ones have a little bit longer text and which ones, which ones don't. And then looking at the clicks, just the actual unique clicks that come from it. And you'll find that those that have longer text are going to have more unique clicks and they might actually be your better converters. So it depends. It's another interesting thing to just sort of throw into the mix of this conversation. Yeah. One reason for the extra clicks is, I mean, depending on, on the ad, I guess, is you might have that expand, right? If, if you have more text. Right, the see, the see more. Yeah. Um, right. The thing about, and, and again, I, I think I simplify, and I, and I would recommend simplifying for especially anyone who hasn't used them um, before just to start, and you can expand beyond that later. But one reason why I don't sp- pay a lot of attention to click-through rate is because of what we already talked about, is it, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean a conversion. That said... Uh, it doesn't necessarily lead to a conversion or not lead to one based on the, because you talk about the CPM and placement, all that stuff. Um, that said, I think it's really good for diagnosing, you know, symptoms and issues. So for example, if you have an ad with a high, with a high click-through rate, that's not converting. That tells me the issue is either with your landing page or with your ad, not uh, or ad misleading people about what's on your landing page. Yep. And that's, that's precisely the reason that I look at click through rate, John. 
Precisely. Gotcha. Because I want to know that if somebody, if an ad is getting a lot of clicks and they're not converting, then that's a really, really sure way to understand that, that we probably need to pause that ad and rewrite it. Good deal. Well, let me see here. Uh, I'm just about done with my beer. I've asked the bartender for our tab. Are you, are you done over there? Yeah, I'm about finishing up as well. You don't have any geckos gl- climbing on your back or anything, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. All right. Um, I, one thing I want to uh, make sure I mention. So a lot of times people come to me asking uh, if I can manage ads for them. Well, I don't do that anymore. And, and that's kind of, that's that's my new business model where I don't do anything, where I focus entirely on my own business, meaning my own website, selling my own products. Uh, so for anyone who, you know, I, I get a lot of requests for people uh, that want me to manage their ads. And it's not something I do anymore because I focus entirely on my own products, my own website. And um, it's something I wish I had time for. But when you have those requests, I refer them on to someone like Andrew. So if you, if you need someone to manage your ads, um, if if this this discussion we had today kind of got your attention and you think you could do better, make sure you let me know. Just send me an email, john at johnloomer.com, and I'll connect you too. All right? Perfect. So, Andrew, thank you. Keep those geckos off your back. Thank you very much, and uh, happy to, to help out where I can as well. So thanks always for the support, John, and for having me on the podcast. It was always good to have a beer with you, man. Awesome. Thank you, sir. All right, that was awesome. Thanks again to Andrew Foxwell, my friend, a fellow Wisconsinite, for being on the show. And uh, again, if you if you need any help with your Facebook ads, just let me know. I'll connect you too. But uh, otherwise, make sure you check out his site. I love what he's doing. I mean, seriously, quit his job, traveling the United States with his wife, and working while while they're doing it. Anyone who does their own thing takes that risk. Freaking love it, man. It's awesome. So check him out, foxwelldigital.com. Good stuff. All right, so until next time, do awesome things. I'm out.